people and inhabitants of planet Earth, both foreign and domestic, welcome to the Dura Human Paradox. I'm your host, Darius Riddick, and I would like to thank you for joining me in what is nominally the next stage of evolution for humankind. That is a mouthful every single time. But here we are on the path to greatness. Hey, thank you all for your investment of time, a construct of which you can spend, but you do not get back to all of you. In some capacity, your engagement with this will help fuel and the, enable the next generation to break speed records on the roads that have been paved by our, by us and our predecessors, and furthermore, live a happier, healthier, healthier quality of life. Because what is life if, if we can't do that? Um, yeah, so in this day in history, Beautiful day for me once again. Hope it is for you as well. On June 16th, 1884, quite some time ago. I'm not going to try to do the math and embarrass myself as per usual, but the first roller coaster in America opens. On June 16th, 1884, the first roller coaster in America opens at Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York, known as Switchback Railway. It only went six miles per hour. Can you believe that? And it only cost a nickel to ride. You'd be lucky if you get anything for a nickel today you probably couldn't even get another nickel for a nickel but once you at you invest a nickel you ask for the nickel back you get four cents but it's so funny um so for those of you that like roller coasters i mean i think i'm a roller coaster enthusiast myself uh but you know it, it's just there's so much has changed since the first roller coaster has opened if you've ever been to like universal studios or sea world or bush gardens uh, you, you, you can get a glimpse or Kings Dominion, Six Flags or so many great amusement parks. You know, you, you get an idea of, of how we've taken something that was so simplistic in nature and really evolved it over time to be enjoyable. Some of them go upside down. They go backwards. They go super fast, much more than six miles per hour. Um, they defy feats of gravity and they're all, uh, under this foundation of, 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 just elite architecture and though we look at feats of well, like roller coasters and, and feats of like uh, entertainment engineering uh, like theme parks that that have evolved so much we can look at the same take take the same concept and look at human physiology in the same way so one thing about constructing uh your own human machine is that like where it starts is never where it ends and over that period of time, however long that may be over the lifespan, there's so many different things that we can do in order to change the way that it is, right? To defy feats that once upon a time were considered improbable or impossible. And now they're considered the foundation of, of, of proving limits wrong or if there even are any limits at all. And this if, you, if, if you're guessing by the title of today's episode, this is one of those things where it's going to be short, sweet, to the point, but it's exactly the kind of mindset that we need in order to begin to understand what kind of techniques, methodologies, and procedures are going to come next when we begin to talk about this idea of the dirty human paradox. So how to make a chocolate cake out of lemons is not designed to be some crazy baking show or some kind of secret recipe. It's simply the concept that something that's presented to be sour, sour at first can be used in some way to make something completely different that is absolutely delicious. And I know that you can use lemons to make a lemonade or lemons to make uh, lemon cake. I, mean, I, don't, I don't I think I've ever had lemon cake, but 
the consensus is more people like chocolate cake. So we're going to go with chocolate cake. Okay. <laughs> so, um, there are going to be some circumstances and situations where are they, where it is not ideal in order for you to elicit a certain response of the human machine. And I alluded to that in a previous episode and plenty of episodes before with this idea of adversity and every single individual over uh, experiences adversity differently, right? We can attribute that to the beginning of time, the beginning of human history, stoic philosophy, but uh, more recently, Viktor Frankl in the School of Logotherapy, which states that, you know, every individual is going to experience adversity differently. And it's not a matter of if you experience adversity, it's when, but not only when, it's the post experience and your ability to interpret it. So when we discuss adversity and the ability to interpret it, there is a further step after that, which is the application step. And Though that is going to be something that we have we discussed frequently and something that we've discussed before, there is something to be understood about how you take something sour, the lemons, the adversity, and then turn it into chocolate cake. It's not a new concept by any means, right? It's, it's very applicable in modern applications, but it's arguably what has been a key to humankind remaining at the top of the evolutionary totem pole, at least on Earth, right? So when we look back to the ancestors uh, or to our ancestors, hunter gatherers, and, and, and some of the, the first ever humans and, and how they lived, they had to overcome adversity in order to survive. It wasn't like modern applications where you overcome adversity and your ability to interpret it. You can apply it to live better. Back then, it was like, if we don't survive this, we won't live. <laughs> so it, you had they had to understand their situations and how to. Um, apply what they've learned in order to continue to survive, in order to enable evolution. And there's so many circumstances that we can say about that. But the basis is that human physiology will always be intertwined with adversity. And human physiology will always have uh, a certain part of it that, that has to be sour in order to make something sweet. Because if you don't know, if you if you didn't have a taste palate, if you didn't know what sour was, how could you know what sweet was? And if you always knew what sweet was, you would never know what sour really is. So you'd never have a diversified palate. And and from a subjective point of view, I feel like that's that's pretty important when it comes to evolution, um, because to truly understand evolution, you have to have uh, you must have multiple perspectives. And those perspectives only come from experience adversity, right? It's like when we mentioned that you can be in a lab for 20 years, but if you never take a step out of that lab and actually know what it feels like to put that weight in your hand, to contract that muscle and to actually feel what, what, what that, what that decrease in pH feels like. And when that muscle starts to burn in the next, in the next couple of days, when you have delayed onset muscle syndrome, and you know, it's hard for you to go back to the gym and you feel depleted. You know, you, you will never truly you can never truly call yourself a a fitness and performance uh, specialist or a researcher, because arguably the best research is done uh, 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 in, in real life. And I think that's what separates some of the real researchers from the pretenders. Right. People, if you always do things with the cell, you're always in the white lab coat, you're always in the lab, but you never actually go into the gym and feel it for yourself. Then, you know, you're, you're, you're severely limited. So one thing about this is in order to make a cake, you know, you can read uh, 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 the best. You can read a book by Gordon Ramsay, for example, Rachel Ray, Martha Stewart. You can read the best cookbooks out there. But if you don't ever attempt it yourself you will never know what what building that cake is actually like 
And, you know, this ties into our idea of of behavior dialectics, which we've mentioned before. And if you really don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, I, I encourage you to buy the Dura Human Paradox book, second edition, now available exclusively on Amazon. And go into chapter, let's see, B three, <laughs> okay, chapter three, which is behavior dialectics to give you a, an idea about it and to take notes in some of those areas where I left that like, I feel that like, I felt like it was a little bit obscure. So I left some note space in there, but I encourage you to, to, to buy it and, and read it, keep it by your side, make notes. And, and you have my word, my guarantee, quote me on it, that it will change your life. Okay. So in a nutshell, behavior dialectics goes to the foundation of choice. You can choose to read the book and not do anything about it. Or you can choose to gather the ingredients, make the cake and see how it comes out. It may come out good. It may come out gross. Why did it come out gross? Why did it come out good? That's up to you to answer. But the verdict is all these things presented Life may be filled with adversity, but the tools we have at hand have been used before with less application ability. Yet there have been many things like switchback railway that have been constructed that shows us that when we do the foundation properly, it can survive the test of time. But remember, it's all a tool. And like most tools, you have to use it effectively and efficiently. Because if not, even the sharpest axe, if left in the tool shed, will rust if it isn't used. But until next time, stay durable, my friends.